On first down, the handoff to Marlon Mack. Huge hole, 50-yard line. He's at the 40, still going near sideline. He's at the 10. He's at the 5, and he will score. Touchdown, Marlon Mack. Touchdown, I-N-D-Y. And again, it's picked off. It's Darius Leonard. Leonard with a second INT, and he's streaking down the near sideline. He's at the 40. He's at the 30. He's at the 20. He's going to go. A pick six for the Maniac. Kenny Moore gets to Deshaun Watson. That's a sack for Kenny Moore. Kenny has a pick and now a sack in the game. Horseshoe is back, baby. The horseshoe is back. What's going on, Colts fans? Welcome back to another edition of the Bring the Juice podcast. I'm your co-host, Cody Felger, my guy, Derek Larger, joining us. And Derek, it is officially draft season, right? Free agency frenzy has kind of died down, especially at, on the Colts side of things. And now we're, put, we're shifting our focus really to the NFL draft. Mm-hmm. And I know a couple months ago, you put your first mock draft out there, your 1.0 mock draft. Obviously, a lot has changed, most notably. The Colts traded away number 13, and essentially drafting DeForest Buckner uh, by trading him, by trading for him and giving away that number 13th pick to the San Francisco 49ers. And so, Derek, we, want, we wanted to kind of do an updated mock draft. I kind of did my 1.0, but I think at that point the Colts had already traded away that pick. But we kind of wanted to do your 2.0 mock draft and kind of see where you got, especially after free agency. I think that definitely impacts kind of where we think the Colts are going to go in the draft. And so without further ado, Derek, take it away. Who is your first guy here at number 34 in the second round? All right. Yeah. So round two, number 34 overall. Um, I did this on roster guy. All the contributors did our own little Colts mock drafts, all seven rounds. Uh, Be sure to check that out, guys, if you want to. It'll help break down every pick that I've done and what some of the other contributors have done and why we picked them and what makes them uh, as good as they are at that pick. So, Basically, with the 34th overall pick, the Indianapolis Colts will select Jalen Rager, the wide receiver from TCU. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody's kind of mentioned how the Colts need a wide receiver. Uh, that's obviously the biggest need at this point. And at 34, if Chris Ballard's not going to trade back or move forward for a quarterback, then this would make the most sense to get a wide receiver. And if Rager's still available by 34, then I absolutely want him. You look at his game film and you look at just the big play ability that the Colts desperately need, he's kind of like, uh, like a Paris Campbell in a way, a smaller version of Paris Campbell. And uh, his 40 time, really good with a 4 4 seven. There was a play where he was clocked in at 22.16 miles per hour. It's one of the fastest times, uh, the fastest speeds in all of college football this year. He's got tremendous breakaway speed has that occasion to uh, drop a ball every now and again. But I think that's just because when you get a guy that's that much of a playmaker, it'll take his eye off the ball a little too quickly. Sometimes that happens when you're that kind of guy. But again, he's explosive. He's versatile at the line of scrimmage. He's very good with his feet. I mean, I- I'm-, I'm all in on the Rager hype train for that number 34 pick. Uh, some other guys are Denzel Mims, but we'll get into those later. Uh, With the 44th pick, the Indianapolis Colts will select Cole Komet, tight end out of Notre Dame. I have them going back-to-back receiving threats 
here, and this time at the tight end position, Komet really does fit what the Colts are trying to get for a tight end. They're uh, more of a pass-catching tight end that will replace what Eric Ebron once was. And Cole Komet is at six foot six, two hundred and sixty pounds. Certainly a, uh, the right size for a tight end. Thirty-three inch arms. He's a big guy. He's a mismatch for pretty much any defender. And he's got good sized hands too. Ten and a half inch hands. 37 inch vertical. It's really good for a guy that's 260 pounds. That's actually pretty impressive for that. Mm -hmm. Uh, The biggest knock on Komet that you see in the film, he's not super fast off the line of scrimmage and he does get jammed a lot at the line of scrimmage when he's trying to come off. But once Komet gets striding, that speed he has certainly is enough to keep people honest and he gets over the top. And you're, you're not covering the guy like that when he's that big and he's just going to bully you off of the, off the catch. So commit makes a lot of sense here. Yeah. Uh, so Cody, what do you think of 34 and 44? Yeah. I like those picks a lot. I like the positions. I think they fit perfectly with what the Colts are going to do. Uh, you mentioned Jalen Rager. Uh, obviously if you've heard that name Rager, it's because Jalen's father, Monte Rager, Played for the Colts in their Super Bowl run. He was one of the key pieces on that defensive line. And so Jalen Rager, I like that pick a lot. He's the guy that you mentioned. He's not really big, and I think that would be the one thing that I would kind of be like, well, I'm not sure. But he's the guy that definitely is a playmaker, which is exactly what the Colts receiving core needs. Uh, You mentioned Denzel Mims, another guy. I think one of those guys makes a lot of sense here. But I like Rager because he's a guy, you know, especially with the uncertainty Around the receiving core, you mentioned Paris Campbell. I mean, he was often injured last year. T.Y. Hilton was injured. And then Zach Paschal was oh, – he was pretty good last year. We just – you know, you still don't fully know and fully don't think he's completely polished yet. And so there's a lot of uncertainty at the wide receiver position. I like that a lot at 34. And then 10 picks later at 44, I like that too. I, I think, you know, talking to Jack Borowski, a guy who we had on the pod – uh, last week, he he really mentioned he thinks this tight end class is pretty weak. He, he said it's probably one of the weaker position classes in the 2020 draft. And so I like t- taking a tight end early. I know a lot of people have projected the Colts to maybe try to take a tight end. They're in the third round at 75, which you'll get to in a minute. But I'm kind of like, well, if the NFL draft, if if the tight end position in the NFL draft is truly as weak as Jack was saying, I think you got to get the best tight end, arguably, in the draft, if he's still there at 44, and that, that's a big if. You know, he could go before the Colts even pick at 44. But I think it's something where you got to take one of the top tight ends in this class because unlike the wide receiver position, there's not a ton of depth. It's not something where you can get a value pick in the third, fourth round as well as opposed to a wide receiver. So I like both of those picks a lot. And coming from me, I'm a Notre Dame fan. I didn't watch a lot of Notre Dame games this year. It was kind of a weird year for me, but uh, – yeah, I, I like Cole Komet a lot. I think he's a guy that, that certainly has a tremendous upside as a receiving threat. And you're right, Derek. The Colts need a guy opposite of Jack Doyle to kind of do what Eric Ebron did there, especially in 2018, a red zone threat, a guy who can run away from defenses, a guy who can give defensive coordinators matchup problems. And so I, I like both of those picks. I think those picks make a lot of sense for what the Colts want to do. And I think when you look as, at the defense opposed to the offense – I think right now, especially with the moves the Colts have made in free agency, I would definitely go offense with my top two picks. That's kind of where I've stayed steadfast. And especially if you can't get a quarterback, like you mentioned, if one of those quarterbacks does not fall, if all the quarterbacks that you really like and you don't really feel, you feel like you're kind of reaching on one of those guys there in the second round, 
it makes perfect sense to me. I think the Colts again are in rebuild mode or not rebuild mode. They've kind of, I feel like they're kind of in win now mode, I should say, right. With the signing to Philip rivers, with the signing to Xavier Rhodes, with a trade of DeForest, Fordo DeForest Buckner. I think they're in win now mode. And I think just giving Philip rivers some weapons, especially at the wide receiver core and tight end. We saw with Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, Travis Benjamin, and then, and then also uh, Hunter Henry, the tight end, mm-hmm. like he, he likes his weapons. He likes his tight ends. He likes his wide receivers. And so I think the Colts are just going to do, they haven't done anything in free agency in terms of wide receiver. So I think that speaks a lot to what the Colts are going to do. And it was kind of connecting those pieces, if you will, right? Mm-hmm. The, Colts, the Colts addressed a lot of defensive stuff, which indicates to me, yeah, they maybe take a defensive guy, maybe one or two, but kind of similar to what we saw in 2019, the Colts went totally defense except for Paris Campbell in the early rounds and the mm-hmm. mid rounds. And so I think we can kind of see a flip-flop here. The Colts go a lot of offense here, especially in the second round. So totally like those picks a lot. So we, now we yeah. can move on to the third round. Pick number 75, who you got? Yeah, and I'm going to continue to stay with the offensive trend here. Okay. Uh, Ballard's going all in to uh, – this is a guy that you had at your 44th pick, and I'm putting him here at my number 75 okay. offensive lineman, Matthew Part uh, from UConn. Uh, I think what we've seen, obviously we know Anthony Costanza is going to come back for this year, maybe two years, but we still don't know like the long-term future of an Anthony Costanzo. Right, uh, right. You have to address alignment at some point, and especially since, you know, we obviously need that offensive line depth. Matthew Park can be that guy at six, seven and almost 320 pounds, certainly a good size for a left tackle. He certainly has the size to control people on the outside. Uh, obviously he has, his body is literally the exact way you would describe this. He has, he has length and athleticism, especially when he's reaching the second level. That's pivotal in the run game. We we obviously want guys who can pass protect, but we also need guys that can move the ball because Chris Ballard and Frank Reich, their system, even though they want to throw the football is built on dominating up front. You dominate by running the football. Matthew part is one of those guys that does like to get to the second level, use his length and athleticism. His only issue is he's got smaller hands than your typical lineman does. Uh, I think they said it was like, yeah, they were like nine and a half inch, which is actually really small. There's some quarterbacks that have bigger hands than that, which is odd. Um, And his game strength definitely needs some improvement. Uh, I think he benched 25 or 26 reps uh, on the bench press at the combine. You know, it's not terrible, but it's certainly not great when you look at the numbers sake. Uh, I just think he needs to get stronger. Uh, If he can lean down a little bit more and a few pounds and transfer that into muscle, then this kid certainly is a recipe that you can definitely use in the future he gets a couple of years of experience behind him and learns a little bit behind Costanzo and he gets him stronger. I think this guy could be the future. What do you think for us? Yeah. Yeah. I, I like this pick a lot. And, and again, I probably butchered his name. I don't know if it's Matt part, Matt Pert, Matt Peer. I don't know. So apologies if we messed up the name there, yes, but I like this. And I think you, you mentioned, yeah, you mentioned uh, he's a really good run blocker. So I could see foresee him this year definitely being kind of a reserve guy behind Braden Smith, especially at that right tackle position, mm-hmm. especially if he's good at – I think he played right tackle in college, if I'm not mistaken. 
and I think he's really good. Maybe you fact check me on that, Derek, but I think he he's a guy that you can continue to develop. We talked about the tackle depth, which you think I think it's a little bit better than the guard depth as far as guys we kind of know of. I mean, Loraven Clark has at least had some starting experience in the NFL. Was I right there? Yeah, you're it was right. He was right tackle. That was his main position. Okay. Okay, so yeah, I could see even if the Colts want to transfer him over to left tackle, I mean I wouldn't yeah. be opposed to that. But I think for 2020, the Raven Clark's probably your backup left tackle and Matt Peart's probably right tackle. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you're right. I mean, in terms of tackle position, I feel like it's a little more established than guard, but I still think it's pretty weak in terms of depth. I mean, you don't want LaRaven Clark ideally out there for a game or a couple games. And so getting a guy like Matt Peart is a guy that, you know, he met, you mentioned he, he's long, Ballard type. He's a type of guy who is a finisher, I think is something that's huge. I think he fits a lot of the Ballard molds of kind of what we've seen. And again, I, I kind of was looking at our buddy, Zach Hicks, who we've had on the podcast a lot of times. And he was kind of explaining that Matt Pierce is probably one of his top guys that he thinks really fits what Chris Ballard in the past. Yes. 2018. And you know, his time with Kansas city and also his time with Chicago, there's kind of a trend there. If, if you, if you look, and I think he fits a lot of those trends, makes a lot of sense. Chris Ballard, we know is absolutely I mean, he's like, I don't know if I've ever seen a GM who loves the offensive and defensive line as much as Chris Ballard does. Yeah. And he's just a guy that is absolutely loves it. And I think he's a guy that if he could every year, he'd probably draft the guard with his first pick if he could, <laughs> or, or defensive lineman. He's just in love with that. Like we can say things like, yeah, we love pizza. Yeah. You know, we love our family. Chris Ballard, when he says he loves them picks, it doesn't even come close, man. Yeah. Chris Ballard <laughs> loves them picks and, and he, and he loves those offensive linemen as well. Yep. <laughs> and Absolutely. so uh, it makes a lot of sense to me there. I, I think he fits a lot of the molds for what you want to do. If he's there at 75, I think Chris Ballard should not think twice. He needs to pull the trigger right away and make that happen. So love that pick in the third round. Okay, now moving on to the fourth round. The Colts have a selection here in the fourth round. Who you got here, Derek? Number 122. And it stinks, too, because I have this guy here that, you know, I I was a lot more highly regarded of him than a lot of scouts are. Uh, I had him as a late first, early second, and before this combine and everything started. But now we're unfortunately moving him in third, fourth round conversation. If he moves back this far, I am definitely all in on this guy right here. And I've had the privilege of watching some of his games. And this fits exactly what we want here. And that is wide receiver Tyler Johnson from Minnesota. So the, the thing about Tyler Johnson is he's six foot two, right? So he's not a T Higgins or a Denzel Mims type size. He's not six four, six five like those guys are. But even at 6'2", you still have a good advantage on guys. He's got 31-inch arms. Uh, That's a really good uh, thing for him. And his biggest strength that everyone is – he is actually the number one contested catch winner in all of college football Mm -hmm. when you look at contested catches. He was crowned the the contested catcher warrior. That's what they called him. And which he's, like I said, his height's not amazing as compared to others. But when you put him in a 50-50 chance, 
I guarantee 75% of the time he's coming down with that ball because he's just so good at tracking it and moving his body. He's so good at that. And that's great for the red zone and having that great body control. I've seen it so many times. I saw it against Penn State. I saw it against Wisconsin just several times. Him going up for the ball and even while draped on, still going up and getting it and holding on when he comes down with it. I just think that's exactly what Ballard is looking at is his ability to make contested catches. Now, his only issue is he doesn't have great top-end speed and he's not great at creating space off the line. Uh, But, you know, most people have kind of mentioned how, you know, top-end speed's not as big of a deal for wide receivers anymore. Um, It's more about creating space in your routes that certainly makes it better for you. Uh, Johnson's route running's not amazing. It's It's not bad. It's just average when it comes to that. But, I mean, his feet aren't necessarily bad. He just doesn't have great top end speed. But like I said, he's just known as the ability to go up and get that contested 50-50 ball, which I definitely love to see in a wide receiver, even at a guy that's six foot two. So what do you think with Tyler Johnson at the fourth round? Yeah, I I had no idea that he had that rate. Like, that is tremendous. Mm -hmm. And that is something – I was trying to pull up the stat. I don't really have great internet right now, but I would get – I would almost bet that the Colts were probably near the bottom of the NFL as far as contested catches were, not just in 2019, but probably throughout the Andrew Luck era, honestly. Mm -hmm. I mean, besides T.Y. Hilton, really you didn't have anybody else who really scared you if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, you'd have guys who you could just feel like you could throw it up and they would make those contested catches. So for a guy like that, you mentioned top end speed. Maybe that's kind of an issue. Maybe that's why people have kind of dogged him. That's maybe why he falls to this pick. But I kind of look at it as like, look, you already have T.Y. Hilton, who's obviously a burner. Paris Campbell is the fastest receiver in the draft last year. You know, Zach Pascal, he's still pretty decently fast. And then if you add Jalen Rager, who's also has blazing speed, like you need compliments to that, especially for Philip Rivers, a guy who likes to give his receivers contested chances. Mm-hmm. It makes perfect sense to me. I like this pick a lot. And you mentioned his size. I mean, he's still bigger than any of the wide receivers that the Colts have. Mm-hmm. And so th- this pick makes a lot. And I think whenever you see a guy who makes good contested catches, you know, it's kind of the anti, I kind of look at him based off of what you've told. I kind of look at him as the anti Dante Moncrief, right? Dante Moncrief was a guy. He was six, one, six, two, but he didn't play like it. He didn't ever – It feel. I felt like rarely Dante Moncrief, you could throw the ball up to him. He had the potential. He's a guy that we hoped could do that for years and years, but he's a guy that you, you felt like you couldn't consistently throw the ball up to him and he would come down with it. And so I think that he's a guy that probably plays bigger than his actual size. You know, he's 6'2". He probably plays like he's 6'3", 6'4". And so I think that's huge. I, I really do. I, I think that that contested catch thing, like you mentioned – is great it's exactly what this Colts wide receiving core needs and I think Chris Ballard knows that he, he he has guys on the analytics right he's even mentioned it they look at these analytics and they probably see you know we got to get better in this and I think signing you know drafting a guy like Tyler Johnson here in the fourth round it makes perfect sense to me all right so now with the fifth round 160 this is the first defensive pick for me in this draft kind of odd to think that, you know, I'm going to be drafting a guy at this, uh, this late that's on defense, but uh, we have with the 160th pick 
cornerback. Can I guess? Can I guess? Can I yeah, guess? Sure, the position? sure, sure. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, okay. So, you're, I think you already tackle. heard the position. Did you hear it? No, I, I don't think I did. Oh, okay. And even if I did, I forget. But <laughs> uh, okay. So we already they already took care of defensive tackle. I feel like they're okay with defensive end. I'm going to go corner. I'm going to go corner or or defensive end maybe. Okay, corner defense. You got, you got corner. You got it right. Corner. You got it. I got it. All right. Awesome. Who you got? All right. It is Harrison Hand from Temple. So coming Ooh, from the Temple same guy. coming from the same alma mater as Rocky Sin. Uh, it's definitely going to be interesting one. I think Harrison Hand fits really well with the the defensive scheme that the Colts like to run. He is six foot, so it's good size, around two hundred pounds. Mm-hmm the good size corner and he's played in several different coverages in his time in temple, but he's especially played a lot of zone. That's where his thing is. So his quickness is below average uh, compared to a lot of corners. He's been a lot of times uh, gotten burnt on some routes, but uh, staying with receivers, not his great thing, but he does have the tendency to make that big play. He's, He's a gambler, especially in zone. If you're making him stay inside 10 yards, he's much more of a gambler, uh, which is really good if you want to make the big play. I just think with his ability to play in zone, his his uh, height and weight dimensions is kind of right where we want for a, for a corner. That's kind of what Chris Ballard's looking at. And just the ability and use to playing in a scheme like a zone scheme, that's exactly what Eberflus likes to run. I just think that makes sense. Uh, a guy that can make plays like that. What do you think about hand at the fifth round? How big did you say he was again? Six foot. Okay. Yeah. So he fits right. Exactly what Chris Ballard's looking for there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's a guy that Ballard has preached ever since he came in as a GM. He's preached to his defensive coordinator, Matt Eberflus. We need more turnovers. Like we, we draft guys to force turnovers. And that's why they drafted Darius Leonard as high as they get as they did. That's why people, you know, people thought it was a complete bust. I remember, and Darius Leonard remembers, Bleacher Report said he was the worst pick of the NFL draft. But the Colts saw this guy makes plays. This guy forces turnovers. How many, I wonder how many forced fumbles Darius Leonard has already caused only two years into the league. Probably a, a lot, I would say. And it, it probably near the top of the NFL. He's just a guy that makes play after play after play for this defense. And you mentioned if he's a guy, man, that, that makes plays, forces turnovers, I'm all for it. And Chris Ballard, I think, is all for it. I think he'd probably have maybe a conversation with Rocky Sin about him. I don't know if he would, but, you know, that makes sense as far as the Temple product. You kind of know what you're getting there. You liked Rocky Sin a lot. And if he's a guy that, you know, you've already talked, you already have connections with some Temple people over there, kind of talking about him a little bit, kind of hearing a little bit about who he is. I mean, you feel good about Rocky Sin if, if you can do that and get you know good stuff back there like i think that chris ballard will pull the trigger i really do i like this pick a lot i think it addresses corner you know you sign xavier rhodes you sign tj carey but you sign both of these guys on one of your contracts so you're not committing to them long term and this is maybe more of a long-term answer so you think kind of think of your young core kenny moore obviously uh if you want to throw quincy wilson in there you can some people would probably say no and argue against that rocky Sin, who we just mentioned and then marvell tell so you got a decent core there and add another guy there, I think would certainly be a good move as far as the Colts are concerned for the long-term future. You know, maybe he's a guy that similar to Marvell tell doesn't see the field a ton. 
here in 2020, but he's a guy that has those raw physical tools. You can continue to develop him. And so it's, I think it's a good value pick here, just bolstering to that cornerback room. Because honestly, you kind of look at all the positions on the Colts defense. I mean, there's not a glaring weakness anymore, especially with what you did in free agency. Again, if Xavier Rhodes pans out, I don't think there's really a glaring hole on this defense. But, you know, you don't have guys' long-term answers except for maybe Rock, yes, and Kenny Moore. There's a lot of guys that are kind of uncertain. There's some make-or-break years for certain guys. So I like this pick a lot, Derek. I, I think it's a good selection there, and I believe it's the fourth round. Yeah. Yep, that's a good one there for the fifth round that we got. All right, so now we got our round six guys. I got two of them here, uh, and we were talking about offensive line and defensive line, how much Chris Ballard loves it. Well, we're going to go back to the offense. We're going to offensive line. Let's and then it. the next one's going to be a defensive lineman. Alrighty. So let's see with the 193rd pick in the sixth round, the Indianapolis Colts will select Jake Hansen inside offensive lineman from Oregon. So hmm. obviously we know we lost Haig. Uh, we lost Andrews, both inside guys that are on that offensive line. So Hansen definitely fits this role, and here's why. He's a very experienced offensive lineman, spent four years in Oregon system, played along Justin Herbert for all those years. And he stands at six foot four, 300 pounds. So slightly undersized when you look at it from an uh, offensive lineman standpoint, at least in height, but that's not unnecessarily always a bad thing. But what, what makes Hansen good at this one? is not his raw talent but the way he plays is what intrigues me. He's got great technique and he actually and he's a very mentally good football player. I think they said he's maybe had uh 3 or 4 penalties on him like throughout his entire NF or his entire college career. Doesn't get a lot of uh, bad things to happen to him. He doesn't fall start he doesn't make mistakes off of the line. He's actually a very talkative guy. They actually mentioned that in his scouting report that he's the most vocal guy on the offensive line for that. So that makes that's really nice to know somebody is talkative. They're figuring out where they got where they got to go. That's exactly what you want in an offensive lineman so they know where they're going. Um obviously with being undersized Obviously needs to get stronger. I feel like I'm kind of mentioning that a lot with our offensive linemen here. Just, you know, guys that are good with technique, play the right way. They just got to get game stronger and obviously needs to increase his mass a little bit. Uh, I think if you're mm. with that size, though, I definitely think he could bolster up 10, 15 pounds and then start feeling like an actual right guard. Um, but no, I feel like, if you just get this kid stronger, I don't even care about his height. Six foot four is not an issue to me. But if you just get him a little stronger, I feel this could be a good fill-in piece for a guy like Glowinski because he plays the game the right way. He plays it very hard, and he's not, and he doesn't hurt the team by doing stupid decisions. So what do you think about Hanson before we get into the next one? So you think he could potentially be a guy that could replace Glowinski at right guard? Not not right away, but I feel if you give okay. him time to just bolster up a little bit, then I definitely believe he can. Okay. I'm curious because you mentioned he's a little slightly undersized and very slightly. I mean, only a couple inches, but 
I'm curious, why did he fall this far for you? Like, why does he fall to the sixth round here? Yeah, it's simply because of uh, size and just simply because some of his technique uh, is still, you know, a little bit uh, of an issue. He's a guy that obviously when he gets bull rushed in college, that was one of his toughest issues. Again, that's because of his weight and doing things like that. He's again, another athletic guy, but he's not um, a guy that ironically for as athletic as he is, he's not uh, always the best at getting to the second level when he's Hmm. blocking. So I think that's an ultimate issue. Um, Again, he's mixed in with this offensive line with Oregon and they have so many other good guys that you can mention. I just think, you know, he plays the game the right way. He just sometimes lacks the tools to kind of put that all together. And I feel he's a project that, you know, give a few years, give him some time to learn and get bigger. I think that could be an interesting one. Hmm. Okay. I like the offensive line depth there, especially at the interior. I've already touched on it a little bit when I was talking about the offensive tackle with Matt Peart, but you don't really have a lot of proven guys. You lost two of your proven guys and Joe Haig and Josh Andrews, who both left in free agency. And before I do that, how about the Jets? We haven't really talked about the Jets. I mean, Rex, that Rex Hogan connection is so strong. Like, listen, yeah. they have so many former Colts. It's crazy. Yeah, they, they, I know, right? <laughs> like, I remember they traded for Henry Anderson. Uh, what was that? Was that 2018, I believe? I think they did it, like, late in the draft. Yeah, I think, I think it was so. 2018. They traded Henry Anderson away for, like, a six-round pick or something like that. Yeah. But, so they have him. They have, I believe, Jonathan Harrison, if you remember that name. That's going back a couple years. Mm-hmm. Uh, former undrafted center out of Florida. He had, ironically snapping issues i remember <laughs> he could sometimes he like could not get the ball off the ground it was a disaster but uh thank the lord for ryan kelly but anyway uh so they have him they have you know those two guys i mentioned pierre desir they they just signed they have matthias farley who got cut last year for the colts right before the season started i'm sure there's others are there some others i'm, I'm missing i'm sure there are mm-hmm. oh man who are they who are they oh this is gonna drive me crazy now uh, Josh Andrews, I mentioned. Oh my gosh, this is going to drive me nuts. Probably a couple more that we can mention in there. Yeah, there, the, the there Jets are love more. to take some of our guys. They love to take our corners too. They like to take our corners and our offensive linemen. I just don't know what it is. And we we love to take their draft picks. So yes, absolutely. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, we do. Thank you, New York, for that. Yeah, that right. was uh, my favorite. You're feeding right Chris into Ballard. Chris Ballard's ego. It's literally what it is. <laughs> Try to do his, his little Southern accent there. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. All right. All right. So <laughs> now we got 197. Yeah. Last guy here okay. that we have for this draft. At 197, the Indianapolis Colts will select Kendall Coleman, a defensive lineman from Syracuse. So here's the thing. So Coleman has a good size for an edge rusher. I think they said he was 6'3 and about 265 pounds. So that's a good good size for a defensive lineman. But he often lacks the speed. I think they said he ran like a 4'8 and he... Oftentimes we'll try to bull rush a tackle rather than using his technique. And that gets him sometimes caught up in bad situations. But again, in the seventh round or even in the sixth or seventh round, you're not obviously looking for guys that, you know, are 
exponential players. You're looking for guys that have character and the, it was his character is so strong to the point where in scouting reports, every scouting report I saw, I've looked about two or three different ones all mention his character and how he started just, he started off really small. I think they said he started coming in at like 245, 250 as a defensive end Whoa. and gained 15, 20 pounds to get bolstered up. And, you know, he wasn't even on the, he was barely making the roster in the beginning and then became their best defensive lineman after a while. So his character and his work ethic just appeals to me. And I think that would appeal to Chris Ballard. We obviously know every pick that Chris Ballard and his staff look at. You know this as well as I do. They always look for that character. It has to fit the locker room the way they want it to. And Kendall Coleman just makes sense to me in the fact that he his work ethic shows for itself. He may not be there yet, but he seems to be that kind of guy that no matter where you put him, you give him the opportunity. He's going to want to continue to keep going. And actually, he's originally from Indianapolis. So it makes total sense that, you know, he would come back and, you know, and he's going to work his tail off to be, you know, part of this roster in the place that he grew up. So I I like Kendall Coleman at this spot. Wow. So him and Sheldon Day both grew up in Indianapolis. That's crazy. That's cool. Yeah, right. Guys, they'll probably make that connection if indeed the Colts draft him. Okay. well, that concludes, I think, your your mock draft here. I liked it. I, I liked it a lot. I thought it addressed all the positions of need. You double dipped in the wide receiver position, which I think is big. Got your tight end. I think that's huge. You added to the depth at the corner position. You added to the depth of the offensive and defensive line. I think it's perfect, man. I like it a lot. I think it's a good draft 2.0, and I'll definitely have to come out. I'm going to try to one-up you on my next 2.0 draft, but this is a hard one to beat. I like it a lot. I really do. Colts well, fans, what we're going to do is we're going to keep yeah. this video in mind. We're going to have Cody do his 2.0, and then I want to hear <laughs> all of you compare these videos side by side, listening to my reasoning, listen to Cody's reasoning, and I want you – we're going to put a poll on Twitter and all these other platforms. We're going to ask you who had a better mock draft 2.0. I want to see – I want to see something. I want to see something. We're going to find out. Bro. I'm about to get clapped. The I first, know it. <laughs> the it's, first, it's the first real competition oh. thing we're going to have on this podcast together. So we're going to, we're going to, I'm ready for it. All right, cool. Well, with that guys, thank you. We're going to conclude this episode. Now uh, let us know what you think. What grade do you give Derek Larger's 2020 mock draft 2.0? I mean, I would probably give it probably a, a B. No, I'm just kidding. But what would you guys give it? We want to hear in the comments. What would you give his – and if you haven't checked out his first mock draft outside of Javon Kinlaw, there's some interesting picks there I think you would like to look at. So for Derek and myself, thank you guys so much for the support. We truly love it. It's been wild. The support we've gotten over the past few weeks since free agency started, our channel has blown up. And we have to say thank you to you guys, all the new listeners out here, We do it because, not because we have to, but we do it because we want to. Mm -hmm. And we love interacting with you guys. We love hearing your comments. We love hearing all your love and and sharing all of our content. We want to bring our great content to you guys. So uh, be sure to, if if you're new to the channel, also be sure if you're listening for the first time, uh, we don't want to pressure you into feel like you're subscribing. But hey, if if you listen to some of our videos and you're like, I like this content, I want more of this content, 
We'd love for you to just hit the subscribe button, turn on the bell, whatever. So when we post, you guys can see it and you can be the first ones to just maybe hit the like button. We'd love that. Yes, but uh, yeah, for Derek and myself, thank you guys so much. A little self-promotion there, but thank you guys so much. And as always, go Colts.